0: Before we get started on today's show, I wanted to start off by saying that this particular episode is dedicated to a friend and listener, and it's also dedicated to the memory of her sister, Katie. Katie was a big fan of My Little Pony when she was a little kid, just like me and my sister. Katie's birthday is in November, and if she can hear me, I hope you are having a fabulous birthday in heaven. I'm sure my sister would gladly share cake with you. She definitely had an impressive sweet tooth that she could wash down with a gallon of sugary juice. So, with that said, let's get on with the show. My sister and I didn't grow up as the kids who dreamt of one day owning a pony or a horse, and we never asked our parents if we could get horseback riding lessons. Sure, we went riding here or there with our respective Girl Scout troops, but for me especially... Ponies and horses were just not my thing. That being said, when me and my sister were little kids, we became enthusiastic fans of My Little Pony, just like Katie, the toy figurines first created by Hasbro, which eventually led to several TV series incarnations and full-length movies. I distinctly remember singing the theme song with my sister all the time, and my dad would often chime in with his own version. My sister and I would be singing my little pony, my little pony. And my dad would say, my little pony, Tony Baloney. God, my voice is really deep. Anyways, I, I have no recollection as to where the whole Tony Bologna thing came from, but there's just something about that disgusting lunch meat that I find hilarious to this day. I can't remember whether or not my dad had a friend named Tony, and I don't remember him ever eating bologna. But anyways... On today's show, you'll learn everything you ever wanted to know about My Little Pony, and then some. What started off as a simple toy horse 40 years ago has evolved into an incredible media and merchandise powerhouse. So, grab a tiny comb to brush your favorite pony's mane, your cowboy boots, and a saddle. Here we go. Hello, and thank you so very much for tuning into the Pop Culture Retrospective Podcast, a show inspired by, and in memory of, my big sister Rebecca, and her love for all things pop culture, especially the people, places, and things of the 1980s, 1990s, and early 2000s. My name is Amy Lewis, and I am your captain aboard this pop culture time machine. Climb aboard, there's some open seats. Anyways, you are tuning into episode number 43, My Little Pony, the 1980s child's toy and media juggernaut that just refuses to quit. Apparently, My Little Pony, much like MC Hammer, is just too legit to quit. Let's find out why, shall we? Credit for the ultimate development of the My Little Pony toys that we remember can be given to a woman named Bonnie Zacherl. She fell in love with a horse named Nicker when she was a little girl while living in Japan. Her father was a veterinarian, so she came into contact with a lot of different animals as a young child that her father was taking care of. Eventually, the family moved away from Japan, but Nicker just always stayed with her. I always admire the people who find horses to be magical and majestic. All I think about when I see a horse is how humongous they are, including their teeth, which could chew through my fingers, or their incredibly strong legs, which could back kick me really hard, thus sending me flying through the air like in a movie, landing on a pile of garbage cans and trash bags. Anyways... Zach Earle studied illustration in college and eventually landed at Hasbro, the toy company. She had previously worked at a greeting card company. Now, is it just me or does there seem to be a link between artistic women working at a greeting card company and the development of a successful animated female character or characters? Think about it. Rainbow Bright, connected with Hallmark, and Strawberry Shortcake, connected with American Greetings. Both were created by female artists who worked at greeting card companies. Mind blown. Mind blown. Anyway, she pitched the idea of a toy horse for many years, but was consistently turned down. She was told over and over again that girls didn't want to play with horses. They wanted to iron clothes and cook. She felt frustrated and deflated. Didn't Hasbro know that girls also wanted to ride skateboards and jump ramps on their bikes? Or was that just me as little girl? Good grief, Hasbro. What... A stereotype. Eventually, though, in 1981, Hasbro released a 10-inch tall plastic horse called My Pretty Pony. It was moderately successful and sold about 1 million units. After that relative success, Hasbro finally decided to further develop the toy horse idea. Through some discussions and brainstorming with Sackerel, they decided to make the toy softer and smaller, shrinking it to about 5-6 to 6 inches tall and making her hair more combable is that even a word? And guess whose hair was not combable? That's right, mine. Until I was about 14 or 15, I'm not kidding, it was quite difficult to brush my hair. Anyways, you can ask my aunt. Anyways, at first, Hasbro, based on Zacharyll's design, was going to use a traditional color scheme to appeal to both boys and girls. Eventually, someone convinced Zacharyll to make the horses brighter in color, which was a bit more cheerful and childish. She was initially resistant, but she agreed that they could give it a whirl on a trial basis. And with that, in 1982, the first six original ponies were released. Cotton Candy, Blossom, Bluebell, Snuzzle, and Butterscotch. At a toy fair shortly thereafter, there wasn't a ton of interest, but Hasbro stuck with her guns and decided to produce the horses, and they immediately flew off the shelves. It was almost an instant success. Included with the ponies was a carrying case that sort of resembled a horse stable just big enough to hold the six ponies. The stable was white with a pink shingled roof complete with a handle. I distinctly remember playing with the ponies, of course, and the stable. Eventually, the line of the first six ponies were expanded, including Pegasus ponies, unicorns, and Sparkle ponies. There were also Drink in Wet, yeah, you heard me, Drink in Wet ponies, which came with a diaper, and somehow it showed up that the ponies had, um, soiled themselves. I can't make this stuff up. Have a listen to another old commercial. Drinking Let Ponies come with a bottle, changing table, and diapers that show you when baby needs changing. For my little ponytail, my little ponytails. Babies drink and wet ponies, each sold separately with everything shown here. In total, there have been more than 600 different My Little Pony toy figurines released over the past several decades. Released in many parts of the world, including the United States, the United Kingdom, and Japan. Rescue at Midnight Castle is a My Little Pony television special that was released in 1984. In the special, a demon wants to kidnap the horses to use them to pull his uh, chariot of darkness. Thankfully, the Rainbow of Light overpowers the Rainbow of Darkness and good conquers evil. Hmm, a rainbow that fights darkness. Sounds like the good folks over at Hallmark may have stolen from ideas for My Little Pony for their Rainbow bright character. Or maybe it was the other way around. Anyways, the special included the voice talents of Sandy Duncan, who you may remember from the Hogan family. And that show had an endearing and long theme song. Side note, did you know that the theme song for The Hogan Family was performed by none other than Roberta Flack? I'm referring to the woman who sang the original version of Killing Me Softly with his song, which was later covered by the Fugees. That's pretty darn impressive. But let's get back to Sandy Duncan for a second. Sorry for the tangent. For some reason, there has long been a rumor or myth that Sandy Duncan has a glass eye, which I was totally aware of that as well and always thought she had one too. I'm not sure where where I heard that from, but I'm was aware that she did. So apparently that's not true. Uh, Sandy Duncan had a benign tumor behind her left eye, which was removed. However, that myth has persisted for decades. And there is even a punk rock band based in California. I believe it is whose name is Sandy Duncan's eye. Yeah, there's a band called Sandy Duncan's eye. That is the most random band name I've ever heard in my entire life. I would love to be in the audience when they are introduced to a crowd of people who aren't familiar with the band or the actress. I would just really enjoy looking at the what on God's green earth does this band name even mean looks on people's faces. And if anyone asked, who the hell is Sandy Duncan? I would say she is a gosh darn gift to this world and that clearly we don't deserve her. Man, the weird stuff that you learn about when you do a podcast. Anywho, the special for My Little Pony... Also featured the voice talents of Tony Randall, a beloved Hollywood actor who starred in the show The Odd Couple and had an impressive list of movie and television acting credits. Escape from Katrina was the next television special which aired in 1985. In this equally bizarre special, a witch becomes dependent on a potion and enslaves creatures to help her make it and then she proceeds to kidnap a baby pony. Who comes up with this crap? Honest to God. I have no formal education in writing, and I feel like I could come up with a better plot for a children's television special. Seriously. My son's kindergarten class could come up with a better plot for a television show. Okay? Jeez. In 1986, the film My Little Pony the Movie was released. Some of the voice talents in the movie included Danny DeVito, Rhea Perlman, and Cloris Leachman. This movie was the first domestic theatrical release produced by Marvel Studios. It was deemed a box office flop, earning only $6 million in profit and was shown at only 400 theaters. Further, it was heavily criticized for essentially being an hour-plus advertisement for My Little Pony. That being said, despite the obvious advertisement undertones, the synopsis of the film is that an evil witch has her two daughters try to ruin a festival that some of the ponies are performing at. That sounds... terrible. The film was released on both VHS and Betamax format in 1986, the Laserdisc version came out in 1988 and the DVD was released in 2006. My Little Pony in Friends, and that's apostrophe N Friends, not and Friends, sort of like Salt and Pepper, which was the first My Little Pony TV series, also premiered around this time. The show ran for about 30 minutes. The first 15 minutes were, of course, focused on My Little Pony, and the second 15 minutes was another cartoon series like The Potato Head Kids or Glow Friends. The series ran for two seasons and roughly 65 episodes. In this series, the ponies all live in Ponyland, specifically at Pony Estate. In Ponyland, everyone plays and sings songs. Sometimes there are evil witches and goblins who want to hurt the ponies or perhaps, um, enslave them. Yeah, you heard me right. Once again, somebody evil wants to enslave the horses. Some villains even threaten to turn the ponies into glue. Okay, that's not true, but sometimes I have a dark sense of humor, okay? Get off my back. In 1992, we got a My Little Pony TV series reboot with My Little Ponytails, whose theme song I often find I have stuck in my head. And I'm not quite sure why the song was stuck in my head, because I think by this time when the show came out, I was a little too old for it, but... Nonetheless, it's often stuck in my head, and now you can get it stuck in yours too. The show ran on the Disney Channel for about four months in a total of 26 episodes. The characters on this show included Patch, Clover, Starlight, Sweetheart, Melody, Bright Eyes, and Bonbon. Bon. And I'm pretty sure Starlight is the name of Rainbow Brite's horse. What is with the stealing of material between these two things? What is up with that? Anyways, the horses were now teenagers and did stuff like humans, such as hanging out at a local ice cream shop and roller skating. I definitely spent most weekends roller skating and eating ice cream, too. Or not. And just like any typical teenage pony, the ponies on the show developed crushes on their male peers and even went on dates with them. Do you know what a pony's favorite pickup line is when they see another attractive one pass by? Hey! That was dumb. The ponies also continued the tradition of performing musical numbers, which is something I did on weekends as well. Or not. A lot of time would pass before we'd hear much about My Little Pony again. For a while, it seemed like maybe they were being put out to pasture. (laughs) That's funny. There were some DVD releases here and there in the early 2000s, but that was it for a while. However, in 2007, the 25th anniversary edition of the My Little Pony toys were released, including all six of the original horse figurines. This would be just the beginning of the My Little Pony rebirth, and would show just how strong its staying power really was and is. My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, premiered in 2010 and ran for an incredible nine seasons. The show actually received some strong critical acclaim for its themes around feminism and acceptance. Further, it was also given accolades for its creative animation. Anyways, the series ran on the Discovery Family channel. Since the show aired for so many years and was so popular, it created a diverse fan base. And that wasn't just five-year-old girls. A whole new group emerged as a result of the series. Adult male fans, or bronies. Yeah, you heard me right. Bronies. I'm not making this up. Bronies were truly a phenomenon. There was even a documentary put out about them. There was just something about this unique show that spoke to a lot of people. It's called Bronies. The Extremely Unexpected Adult Fans of My Little Pony. A lot of judgment has certainly been passed on the adult male fans of My Little Pony, and I'm not really quite sure why. Can't we all just like what we like? I don't know about you, but I have a lot of other stuff to worry about besides who likes My Little Pony. In addition to the documentary film about them, websites for male fans like Equestria Daily, which is still active by the way, started popping up left and right and got tens of thousands of hits on a daily basis. That reminds me of an encounter I had one time with a former student. It's one that I will never forget. I've spent the last 10 years of my career working in education, primarily as a school counselor. One time, a male student asked to meet with me. He told me he had something important to share. He wasn't someone that I met with much at all, so I was prepared for him to disclose something very serious or concerning. Perhaps he was struggling with depression. Perhaps his parents were getting divorced. I wasn't quite sure, but I was prepared to hear anything. We sat down together in my office, and I asked him how things were going. I've been wanting to tell someone this for a long time. I can't hold it in anymore, he said. Well, I'm really glad that you feel comfortable talking to me. Please know that you can tell me anything, I said. He relaxed into his seat, and with sweet sincerity, he uttered, I love my little pony. Oh. Oh. I I said, a bit caught off guard. Is that what you wanted to tell me? Yes, I, I feel so much better now, he said. Well, I am so glad to hear that. You should always feel good about the things that you like, no matter what. After all, I'm a grown woman who is obsessed with Disney World and has a dinosaur lunchbox, so I appreciate you just being yourself, I said. He smiled, and we talked a bit more before he left my office. Although I continued to work in the same building as this student for the next several years, he never again needed to speak with me one-on-one about anything. It was just for that one moment in time when he wanted to tell me how much the cartoon characters meant to him. And as you just learned, he was not alone. With the success of the show came a film release, My Little Pony the Movie, in 2017. My Little Pony Life, which is a comedy series, began airing in 2020. Recently released on Netflix, I think it was just this past September, is My Little Pony, A New Generation. The timing is truly impeccable because almost 40 years after adults in My Sister and My Generation were introduced to My Little Pony for the first time, we can now expose our children and family members to the ponies that just refuse to die. Or refuse to get sent out to pasture, however you want to look at it. I hope you've enjoyed this look back on My Little Pony, the toys and cartoon characters that have been galloping across store shelves and TV screens for four freaking decades. How crazy is that? What started off as just a standard plastic toy evolved into the colorful and diverse equine icons that we know and love today. Say that 10 times fast. Equine icons. Equine icons. Anyways, as you may or may not expect, there continues to be a plethora of My Little Pony merchandise available online for the middle-aged My Little Pony fans, like shirts, stickers, and coffee mugs, and a multitude of designs. They can be found on Etsy, Redbubble, and 80sTease.com, among many, many other sites. My Little Pony just shows us, over and over again, that not only are children fans of these four-legged characters, but so too are adults. Some just can't get enough. Like I mentioned at the top of the show... I can't say that me and my sister were huge fans of ponies or horses per se as children or as adults, but we often poked fun at the people who were. One time while the two of us were together, we somehow stumbled upon an embroidered pillow that we could not stop laughing at. It became sort of an inside joke of ours for many years. Anyways, we saw this pillow in a catalog or something, and on the pillow is an embroidered horse, of course, with the wording, A life without horses? I don't think so! stitched alongside the horse without fail just bringing up that line alone could make either one of us bust out laughing at any given moment perhaps fans of today's show topic feel the same way a life without my little pony i don't think so i hope you'll join me for my next show where we will take a look back at the life and career of oprah winfrey one of my sister's idols who we had the pleasure to meet after a taping of her show many many years ago Until then, be kind, be safe, and hold on to your memories.